Welcome to the Happiness Playbook, a podcast dedicated to the belief that life is a team sport. I'm Larie Florence, and for the next five weeks, I'll be your host. Just like any other successful team, here at the Happiness Playbook, we value practice. What do we practice? Happiness. Because we believe life is a team sport and happiness is a skill. Last week, Adeline Florence came on to talk about the power of play theory in shared living situations, like with roommates. We promised you a play theory workshop designed just for roommates, and now it's live. So head over to our website, playtheory.org, to sign up. The workshop is a great activity designed for you and your roommates to learn and practice the four play theory principles together. This workshop is only open for the next couple of weeks, so take advantage of this opportunity before it's gone. All right, it's time for our highlight reel. This one comes from CBSN Boston. The sudden appearance of a giant rubber duck in the main harbor is a whimsical whodunit that's defied sleuths so far. That's right, you heard it. A giant yellow duck. How giant? 25 foot tall. So not only is this yellow duck, just this bright childhood toy that's supersized, it has the word joy emblazoned across its chest. It just mysteriously appeared in the Belfast Harbor. So a group has taken credit for it since its appearance, and it says that the duck is a symbol of childhood. Quote, in this day and age of such a bitter divisiveness in our country, we wanted to put forth a reminder of our commonalities instead of our differences, unquote. Isn't that delightful? So Maine is not the first place for the duck to appear. It's also been sighted in Australia, Hong Kong, Toronto, and Pittsburgh. So be on the lookout for a 25-foot tall yellow rubber duck. Real quick, please Go rate and review the podcast. It's simple if you're on iTunes. And stats show that at least 60% of our listeners find us there. We know who you are. Actually, we don't. Podcasting is very different than other social media where you can send that little heart or thumbs up token of gratitude and it accumulates on the pile of other supportive kind gestures readily seen by the person posting. The podcast, we only get to see the number of downloads on some of the platforms we're posting on. If you listen and don't download, we don't see you at all. So it can feel pretty lonely at times, spending all these hours and hours and paying for service to do transcripts and hosting the website. We do it for free, and all we ask is a little recognition and validation. Okay, so maybe I'm begging, but seriously, it's not unlike the Who's down in Whoville that only Horton the Elephant could hear. We want to hear a little shout out. We're here. We're here. If we're sharing anything that makes a difference in your world, please let us know. It really makes all the difference. Helps us stay motivated to carry on and be faithful to our mission to change the world for the better. One podcast and play theory workshop at a time. All right. It's time for our play by play. Today we have something special for you. In baseball, there's spring training. There's also the pre-spring season to get your beach body ready, whatever that means. There are boot camps in the army where you train to be a soldier, and there are boot camps 
where moms who manage to cobble together a string of open mornings free from small children can train to be more like they were before the children arrived. The point is, focused training sessions yield big rewards. So here at the Happiness Playbook, we are making all your dreams come true and answering your desire to up your happy game. So buckle up and enjoy, because the next five episodes are dedicated to your mastery of the four play theory principles. You may ask why five episodes when there are four principles. Well, stay tuned, my earnest Padawan, and all will be revealed. At present, all you need to do is ask yourself one question. Do you want to be happy? Even though it's not a rhetorical question, it might as well be, because we all know the answer. Heck and a half yes, a double dog dare you to come up with one real person who doesn't want to be happy. Fictional emo anime characters are not a legit answer. Now that we've established that, in fact, you do want to be happy, we can get started. Ready to get your happy game on? Then commit to the five-week Play Theory Happiness Boot Camp, brought to you by the Happiness Playbook. Over the next five weeks, we'll be focusing on Play Theory and its life applications. You'll be invited to participate in activities designed to expand paradigms and enhance relationships and communication. You'll learn valuable life skills through activities focusing on building mindfulness, trust, collaborative creation, gratitude, generosity. Complete the training and earn a reward. I can sincerely promise that if you will apply yourself and really try to use these principles in your day-to-day life, you're going to see a dramatic increase in your sense of well-being and your overall happiness. I have had the opportunity to teach hundreds of individuals the principles of play theory over the last 18 years, and it's always rewarding to see their faces light up when they catch the idea behind these principles, and you see the wheels turning and a light goes on. Sometimes I'm privileged to receive a letter or to uh, get a phone call or a text thanking me for the change that has been brought about in this person's life because of the application of play theory principles. So let's get started. Play theory is a paradigm that consists of four principles. The first is be present. The second is let go and play. The third is accept and build. The fourth is look outward. Paradigms are the lens we look through to see the world. Most of us accept what we see as reality when in reality what we see is highly shaped by our perception. So I'm going to illustrate this with a story. So in my younger days as a young adult, I loved to ski and I was privileged to live next to a world-renowned ski resort called Snowbird located in Utah. And I thought I was pretty hot stuff. I had a ski pass and I was a committed devotee of the sport. I would study how to improve my ability and I was not a fair weather skier. I would ski on snowy days, on whiteout days. I would go night skiing. I was really into it. And because of this, I, I got to be pretty good. I could take the steep hills and I could hold my own. And also because of this, I had to choose between a ski pass or a really glamorous ski outfit. And sometimes my skis, well, let's just be honest, all the time my skis were usually found at a ski swap or last season's you know, half off 
equipment, which was fine because they worked great. And I was all about the skiing and not about the look. I developed a mindset or a paradigm that if you were really into skiing, you wouldn't waste your time on those color-coordinated outfits. And if you did wear one of those, maybe you were more about the image of skiing and not a serious skier. And there were some people that I considered evidence for my paradigm being true. Like there would be what I would call fair weather skiers or blue sky skiers who only came out when it wasn't cloudy. And maybe they were from California and they were coming up just when, you know, it was warm enough, wasn't a cold day, and they maybe didn't take the steeper hills. Anyway, suffice it to say, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I was rather judgmental at times. So one day I'm up on the mountain, it's a beautiful blue sky, and because of that, there's more people than I would have liked to be there skiing. And I kind of had this attitude that um, if you weren't willing to ski the cold days, then you didn't deserve to take up space on my mountain on the nice days, because that would make the line longer, and I wanted to get back to the skiing. So one day up there, lovely group of people waiting in line, you could hear this laughter, and I noticed it was coming from this, this girl. This was about my age, young adult. She was beautiful. I noticed her parka was bright colors and her skis were the latest gear. She was flanked by two handsome young men. I watched her smile and laugh. The easy manner between the three of them made me jealous. I thought they'd never notice me standing there in line with my grubby old parka and last year's gear, but I could show them once I got up on the slopes. Waiting in line, I fantasized about how I'd blow past them on the steep part of the hill while they struggled to maneuver through the moguls as so many others I had observed in their overpriced skis and matching mittens had done. Then it was their turn to step up and onto the chairlift. The three of them shuffled into place and turned back to anticipate the approaching chair. That's when I saw it, the sleeve hanging limp, pinned up halfway. Two boys reached out with an arm she did not have to catch the back of the lift. They leaned into the seat that cradled them up and out over the receding slope. In an instant, they were seated and once again laughing as the chair moved forward and upward. Nothing had changed for them. Everything had changed for me. My smug arrogance was revealed for what it was, insecurity and ingratitude self-centered paradigm lacking perspective and empathy. Luckily, when it was my turn to get on the lift, the stranger sharing the chair ride with me wasn't interested in talking because I needed the ride up to regain my composure and sit with my repentant thoughts brought on by the abrupt change in my vantage point. Have you ever experienced a paradigm shift like this? This one I always remember because it was so instantaneous. We all see things with our own eyes. That's a simple statement, but it's a powerful realization if you can grasp it. We are quicker to understand that we see things through our eyes. It's the all part that is hard to grasp. Tony Overbay, a popular marriage and family therapist and personal friend, 
is the host of the Virtual Couch podcast. He's developed a modality to improve relationships that he calls the four pillars of a connected conversation. One of the pillars is about the idea that we need to accept that the person that we are talking to is coming from a place that they view as true. Whether it is or not is not the issue at present while trying to have an effective, connected conversation. The important thing is to accept that they have a perspective that they view as truth, a truth that they see with their own eyes. Sometimes we are in error about our perceived truth, just as I was with the one-armed skier. It's important for us to also accept the possibility that our perspective could be wrong. Maybe we're missing an important piece of information. Children are wonderful for so many reasons. One is that they're open to new ideas. Because they start out knowing nothing, they inevitably know that there is much to learn. No four-year-old walks around believing they have all the answers. Sometime after that, though, we start to get cocky. What would happen if we accepted the fact that there is far more that we don't know than we do know? Would this discourage us? Would we become insecure and grow depressed by our lack of knowledge? Children don't. Maybe instead, we'd be free to say things like, I wonder, or maybe, or I'm curious about that. Instead of boxing ourselves into corners, defending a premise we're willing to intellectually die for just so we don't have to admit that we were wrong. That's a big idea. What if it's okay to be wrong? I'm not talking about the amount that you pay in taxes or the angle the rocket is pointed for re-entry to the Earth's atmosphere. There are times and places for rocket science. Most of the time though, basic elementary math will do. And if you get three instead of four when adding two plus two, you're only off by one. So maybe the stakes aren't as high as we think they are when we're offered a chance to see things from a different perspective. Maybe it's not such a big deal to say, I've changed. We seek some changes like growing up and moving on to new experiences. It's not always a bad thing. During the next few weeks, this podcast is going to offer you opportunities to change, to see things with new eyes. Are you willing to take a look? It will involve accepting some challenges and following through on your commitments if you really want to experience a difference. It's worth it though. The person who's not able to travel and instead reads a book about the place he wishes he could experience is a fool if they consider themselves equal in understanding to those who have put in the time and effort to go to the place and be there. You can passively listen along to this challenge, but you will be shortchanging yourself if you don't step up and put these ideas into action. The world is filled with wonder if you're willing to see it. You cannot escape being at the center of your perspective. So come along and change your paradigm to expand your view. I promise it is worth the journey. So stay tuned and follow along as we learn about and apply the four play theory principles over the next four weeks. Just like other disciplines that aren't a one and done, play theory must be practiced to get the most benefit. We don't passively observe yoga or exercise to up our game. We have to step up and do the work regularly to get results. 
And just like with yoga and exercise or karate or a music practice, we benefit when we receive guidance, instruction, and inspiration from others who have more experience and understanding. Did you know play theory has a motto? Our motto is happiness is a skill because we believe happiness can be practiced. It's something we do, not something that's done to us. Have you ever noticed how sometimes two people who have the same circumstances can experience very different levels of joy? That's because what we experience is affected by our thoughts or perspective about our circumstances. Regularly practicing play theory helps build positive paradigms that improve our outlook on life. We're going to wrap things up with our play of the week. We want you to notice the paradigms that you have. In the story I shared about my life as a skier, I had the belief that I deserved to be on the mountain because I worked hard and made sacrifices. I believe that people who had nice clothing or the newest equipment had it easier than I did and somehow didn't deserve to be on the mountain. When I saw the girl with one arm, I realized that she had made a lot of sacrifices that I was not giving her credit for. And it really changed my outlook on being grateful for what I had and not being envious and covetous of what others had. So take a moment, think about the next time you pass judgment on another person, if you're looking at them through a paradigm that could be changed. So pay attention to that and see if that changes your outlook on life. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week to learn how to activate your superpower of gratitude through observation. And remember, life is a team sport. So come play with us at the Play Theory Boot Camp or the Play Theory for Roommates Workshop. Catch you next time.